the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. WTBN, Pinellas Park. Up next is Verse by Verse, sponsored by Verse by Verse Ministries. We are living in a world that has assassinated common sense. I was reading in a book about some incredible things going on in our world. I read this, that a man in Massachusetts stole a car from a parking lot and then he died in a traffic accident while making his getaway. What is strange is that his estate sued the parking lot for letting him steal the car. Now, I'm telling you, years ago, our society would not have even considered that. They would have laughed at that as you as you laugh and you say, that's bizarre. That's the world we live in. I'm sure you have come across plenty of people who, while seemingly intelligent in academic or technical areas, don't seem to have enough sense to come in out of the rain, so to speak. That was my dad's expression for people who consistently made the wrong life decisions. By the way, did you know that the Bible directly tells young men that they are to be sensible? That's one of the characteristics of godly young men. Welcome to Verse by Verse with Pastor Teacher Steve Kreloff. Pastor Steve is the teaching pastor at Lakeside Community Chapel in Clearwater, Florida, where he has been serving since 1981. Over the past couple of weeks or so, we have examined the characteristics of godly older men, older women, and young women. Now let's move on to Titus chapter 2, verses 6 through 8, and we will see what Paul had to say about the young men. Recently, I read a story about a group of tourists who were watching a demonstration put on by the Royal Artillery of the Queen, the Queen of England, and it was a six-man team, but one of the tourists noticed that only five of the soldiers did any work. Uh, There was a sixth soldier who stood about 25 yards away from the cannon. He stood at attention during the entire exhibition. So uh, this curious tourist asked why the one soldier was standing off to the side. Well, he's number six, the answer was given. Uh, But what does he do, asked the curious tourist. Well, he stands at attention. Yes, but why does he stand at attention? And you know what? Nobody knew. Nobody knew why. The five other soldiers didn't know why he stood at attention off to the side. The commanding officer didn't even know. And uh, the sixth man himself didn't know why he did this, but he did this anyway. So... What they did next was they spent uh, several hours researching through some old training manuals to uh, only to discover that, you know what the number six man was to do while he was standing off to the side? He was to hold the horses. Now, it didn't matter that nobody had any horses there for years, but all of these years, imagine this, this guy was standing at attention, just looking good for the artillery show, but he didn't have a clue as what he was supposed to do. And and he didn't know why he was supposed to do this, what he was supposed to do or why he was supposed to do it. Well, you know, in a similar way, it appears that there are many men in churches today that uh, are just like the sick soldier. They're uh, they're just standing around looking good on Sundays, uh, but but not quite 
knowing what God wants them to do or why they're supposed to do anything um, that God would say. Well, this morning, we're going to look back at our training manual, the Bible, and uh, to discover what is God's assignment, specific assignment to young men in the church. Uh, Not older men, but young men in the church. Not only uh, do we want to discover what he expects of them, but why he expects them to do what he's told them to do. So this is very appropriate, though I didn't plan it this way. It works out. It's a uh, it's a message dealing with men. And, and the place we find God's assignment is Titus chapter 2. Uh, and so let's turn there. Titus chapter 2. We've been studying this book, Paul's letter to Titus, the apostolic leader on the island of Crete, as he's taking care of the things that still needed to be set in order uh, in the various churches on this Islands. So Titus chapter 2, we're going to look at verses 6 through 8. Paul writes, Likewise, urge the young men to be sensible. In all things, show yourself to be an example of good deeds with purity and doctrine, dignified, sound in speech, which is beyond reproach, in order that the opponent may be put to shame, having nothing bad to say about us. Now, these verses deal, obviously, with the young men who were in the churches on the island of Crete. It's very clear. He directs it to the young men. And what, what we have seen, that Paul just goes down the list of various age groups in the church and tells them their uh, responsibilities and character qualities that they are to demonstrate. In the past few weeks, we've looked at older men in the church. We've looked at older women, uh, young women. And Paul has a message for each age group. And today we want to look at that specific message that Titus is told to deliver to the young men. It's interesting that Paul didn't tell Titus to deliver the message to the young women. He said, Titus, you tell the older women to minister to the younger women, because probably it would not be appropriate for Titus to do that. But certainly it is appropriate for Titus to uh, tell the young men what God's assignment is. Now, uh, this Uh, These verses are a little bit different than what we've seen before, so I want to explain. In the other age groups, Paul listed a a bunch of of, uh, characteristics that they're to have. It's it's a list of of qualities that each age group is supposed to demonstrate. However, with young men, it is not a list. Here's the way the passage breaks down, the verses break down. Paul simply, number one, gives them an exhortation to do one thing, and that is be sensible. Be sensible. One thing, sensibility. Secondly, he clarifies what he means by being sensible by telling Titus that he's to model sensibility in various key areas of his life for these young men. Titus was basically, in fact, not basically, was a young man himself. And so Titus is to model key areas as a, as a young minister for the other young men. And then finally, at the close of verse 8, Paul gives the purpose for why these young men should be sensible, the reason or the purpose for for this, why it's so important. And so with that as our big picture, and that really is the outline and the big picture, and you can follow, by the way, in your bulletins, we have an outline prepared for you. Uh, Let's begin to look and analyze the various verses and uh, discover what God's assignment is for young men. First of all, we look at the exhortation to be sensible. Paul gives that in verse 6. Likewise, urge the young men to be sensible. Now, Paul begins the section by telling Titus to exhort or urge, that's the thought there, exhort, urge them, the young men of the church to be sensible. Now, this is a very brief sentence. It's to the point. It's direct. 
And you know what? It was clear to its original readers, but I'm not convinced that it's clear to us. I'm not convinced that when we read this, we really know what Paul is is talking about. I think they did back then, but we're 2,000 years removed from the culture, from the language, and so we need to ask several questions to understand this exhortation. Question number one, what does Paul mean by young men? Isn't that rather obvious? Isn't that what, what was on your mind? What does he mean by young men? Does he mean teenagers? Does he mean young married men? Uh, does he mean men in their 20s, 30s, 40s? What's a young man? So we have to identify that. Well, let me tell you my approach to this, and I, I think this is sanctified reasoning. Um, I hope you'll agree with me, but I think this is the, the, the approach to take by process of elimination and thinking through this. If the older men, and we saw this several weeks ago, if the older men in the ancient world were considered uh, men from about age 50 and older, you could say 50, 60 and older, then the young men would certainly be younger than the 50 to 60 and older bracket. So it'd be men younger than, than let's say, 50, about that, about that age. Also, since Paul was addressing young women, when he was addressing them, we know by the context and what he told them that he was referring to women who were married and had children, then and children in the home, then it only makes sense that the young men must be men from marriageable age to about 50 or 60. So you would even be a young man in your 40s. So let's say from about age 20 or so to about age 50 or 60. That is who Paul is referring to, just so you know. So you can squirm in your seats and say, oh, it applies to me. Okay. Now, there are several other truths that, that verses that support this. Let's look at uh, Timothy. Go back to 1 Timothy chapter 4. Verse 12, it's a very interesting verse. Timothy, you know, was sent by uh, Paul to the city of Ephesus to straighten out some problems that had arisen there. Uh, his main job was to deal with some elders, some leaders in the church that had gone astray doctrinally and even in their behavior. And, uh, and Timothy must have come under criticism for being a young man and having to lead men who were older. And so verse 12 says, let no one look down on your youthfulness, but rather in speech, conduct, love, faith, and purity, show yourself an example of those who believe. Now, it's interesting. Paul says that, Timothy, you are youthful. Do you know how old Timothy was? He must have been between ages 30 and 40. And yet, he's a leader here, and he was called young. And so we, we know from that verse that you could be in your 30s, 40s, and still be considered a young man. And that fits with what we're saying, what we're suggesting with Titus. Also, if you look at John chapter 8, I want to show you something very interesting. In John chapter 8, verse 56, Jesus is speaking to the religious leaders of his day, presenting himself as Messiah. And he says in verse 56, your father Abraham rejoiced to see my day, and he, was, and he saw it and was glad. Now, we understand that Jesus meant that thousands of years ago, Abraham had some understanding that God would send the perfect sacrifice, a perfect lamb sacrifice. We don't know how much Abraham understood, but Abraham understood that the that salvation, forgiveness of sins was uh, wrapped up in a perfect sacrifice coming. And Jesus said, Abraham with prophetic uh, insight really uh, understood that my day was coming. But the Jewish leaders don't understand what he's talking about. They said in verse 57, the Jews therefore said to him, you are not yet 50 years old, 
And have you seen Abraham? And they completely misunderstood. But what I want you to see is that they, why did they use the term 50? Uh, Jesus wasn't close to 50. He was in his 30s, we know. Why did he use, not because he looked like he was 50. The point would, would be, you're not even an old man yet. You're not 50. And you think you've seen Abraham? That's the point that I want you to see. That, that the cutoff time in their thinking was 50. You're a young man. You're not even old. And yet you say you've, you've seen Abraham. So what is Paul referring to? Who's he referring to when he says young men? Any man from marriageable age to about 50 or 60. Now he doesn't have to be married only of marriageable age. So he's not talking about youngsters. He's not talking about really teenagers. He's talking about from about 20 to, to 50. Now, that's the first question we need to, to ask, and I, I hope we've satisfactorily answered that in your thinking so you know who this is addressed to. Second question is this. What does the word sensible mean? Now, if you don't know what sensible means, you don't know what this passage means. What does sensible mean? And this is not easy to figure out because if you have a King James Version Bible, then you'll note that the word is translated sober-minded. If you have a uh, NIV version, then you'll know it's translated self-controlled. If you have, as I have, the NASB, New American Standard Bible, then you, you see that it's translated sensible. So what does it mean? Which does it mean? Which of these three does it mean? And the answer is yes. Yes. It can mean all three thoughts. Uh, because this is one of those broad Greek words that, um, while it literally means Sound in mind, that's what it literally means. The, the thought behind it, it carries the thoughts of self-control, of sensibility, good judgment, really common sense. In other words, the thought is this. Paul's point is that young men are to think clearly about certain things and they are to exercise self-control. The thought is use your head. Use your heads. Uh, use common sense. Use your head in approaching all the issues of life. And I use that term, all the issues of life, because this is important. If you notice, as you look at verse 6, it says, likewise, urge the young men to be sensible. And then verse 7 says, in all things, show yourself. I want to suggest that the thought here is that the beginning of verse 7 ought to connect with verse 6. Likewise, urge the young men to be sensible in all things. That fits a lot better, a lot better. Urge the young men to be sensible in all things. Urge the young men to use their heads in all various situations of life. Use your head. Common sense and wisdom are to characterize young men. That's to characterize all of us, but especially young men. And the challenge, quite frank, frankly, for young men and for all of us as believers in Christ who are called to be sensible, called to use our heads, is that we are living in a world that has assassinated common sense. Do you realize that? We are living in a world that has very little common sense. Issues that would have never been issues years ago are issues today. For example, I was, I was reading in a book about some incredible things going on in our world. I read this, that a man in Massachusetts stole a car from a parking lot and then he died in a traffic accident while making his getaway. That's not funny. I don't know why you'd laugh at that. What is strange is that his estate sued the parking lot for letting him steal the car. Now, that's bizarre. This is true. This is true. Now, I'm telling you, years ago, our society would not have even considered that. They would have laughed at that. As you, as you laugh, and you say, that's bizarre. That's the world we live in. I also read about a burglar who was robbing a school, and as he was walking across the roof in darkness, he fell through the, the skylight. 
Now, the lawyers charged the school with negligence. And you might say, well, that's, that's ridiculous. That's crazy. Yeah, but they won $260,000 in damages plus $1,200 monthly payment for the burglar for his injuries. Now, when I say we live in a world that doesn't know much about common sense, uh, this is the stuff that goes on. And, and yet it's in this kind of world that as believers, young men are called to use their heads and have common sense. Now, why young men? Why, why is Paul? Now, Paul does say this for other age groups as well, but why that's the main thing he says to young men. In fact, that's the only thing he really says to young men. Why? Because this is very fitting. This is very practical. This is very appropriate because young men, and I, and I would have to include myself in this list. I thought I could kind of escape it being in between, but I am, according to the teaching here in this list, often don't use their heads. They don't use their heads. They're frequently impulsive, rash, hasty. They overreact to situations. Uh, they have, uh, they, they at times on issues are very passionate, and they use their feelings rather than thinking. At times they're very arrogant. At times they're led by their emotions rather than common sense and sound judgment. And that's why Paul says, urge the young men to not be like that. Urge them to grow up and use their heads. Be sensible. Tell them, Titus, urge the young guys in the church to be sensible and to think clearly. Now, I'd like to give you, and you can write this in your notes, I think this is very helpful. And if you're not a young man today, take the notes for somebody else and get the tape and pass it on to them. I'd like to give you two practical things that the Bible says a young man can do to help himself be sensible and, and self-controlled. And for that, if you look back one book to 2 Timothy chapter 2, I'm going to take you to two passages of Scripture in which uh, the writers specifically address young men. And by these passages, we're given insight as to how young men can help themselves by being sensible. 2 Timothy chapter 2, notice verse 22. Paul says, now flee from youthful lusts. There's that term, youthful lust. So Timothy, you're young, maybe in your 40s or late 30s, but you're, you have youthful lusts, and pursue righteousness, faith, love, peace with those who call on the Lord from a pure heart. Now, even though Timothy was spiritually mature, he still struggled with youthful lust. And the word lust simply means desires. It does not have to be sexual desires here. In fact, while I think that's included in this, I don't think that's the primary thing Paul was, was talking about. I know that we normally uh, take it that way, but I'm not convinced that's the main thing Paul had in mind. I think what Paul had in mind, based on Timothy's conflicts with uh, elders, leaders in the church, uh, false teachers, that type of thing, uh, the debates that were going on, I think the thought here is that probably while it involved uh, sexual things, it was more like uh, impatience, the impatience of youth, intolerance uh, for people who disagree with someone who's young, a lack of love for those who don't see it my way. I think Timothy struggled with all of these things, and I think all young men do. Um, how about uh, the love of arguing and debating my point? how often Paul has to say to Timothy in First and Second Timothy, don't argue with these men. Don't get into them, uh, into these, these debates. You concentrate on the truth. You just teach the truth. Don't get into hair-splitting theological discussions with them. It's a no-win situation, Timothy. Why would he say that to Timothy? Because I think Timothy wanted to do that. Because that is characteristic of young men. They want to debate. 
They want to show you how much they know. They're not particularly tolerant towards those who see it differently. They, they lack uh, the, the, the maturity to, to know when to back off. And it's nothing but pride. There are other issues, too, that, that young men struggle with. And I think these were all the, uh, the things that Paul had in mind. That certainly this included them, not only pride, but loving money and things of that nature. That's why it's very appropriate that Paul said, Timothy, flee these youthful lusts. And so Paul's solution is flee. What does he mean by that? Don't stop and rationalize it when you're in the midst of a temptation to be proud or in, uh, debating someone and, and someone disagrees with you. Run from these lusts. Don't start to even try to think it through. Just get up and get away. Don't even get into it to show how strong you really are, that you can get into uh, a debate but back off. Paul said, don't even get into it to begin with. But there's more. There's more. The Bible never says, don't do something without telling you what to do. And here's what Paul says. He says, not only flee youthful lusts, but Timothy... And, and this is a point that a lot of people leave out. They just see the negative. Don't do this, but they don't see the positive. And the positive is pursue righteousness, faith, love, peace. Watch this. With those who call on the Lord out of a pure heart. He says, Timothy, pursue the things of God. Obedience. Pursue obedience, Timothy, to God's word. Pursue trusting the Lord in difficult circumstances. Don't debate these guys. Trust the Lord. How about this? Pursue loving them. Timothy, yeah, they disagree with you, and some of them aren't even brethren, and some of them are nasty, and they look down upon you, and they criticize you, and you can't do anything right in their eyes. How about this? Love them, Timothy. How about this one? He says, and peace. Yeah, they argue with you, and they're contentious, and uh, all these things, but how about this, Timothy? Be reconciled to them. Be at peace with them. But how do you do this? Because that's hard. Notice the end, and this is the point that I want you to see where men, young men can be sensible. Notice the end of verse 22, with those who call on the Lord from a pure heart. In other words, don't try to fight these youthful tendencies alone, young man. Get around others, fellowship, accountability. Don't battle this stuff by yourself. Don't do it alone. Have fellowship with others. And this is the great truth of accountability. Accountability, you've heard me say that before. But I want to urge the young men. I want to urge the young men. In fact, this would be good for all the men and all the women as well, but we're talking about the young men this morning. I want to urge you to have choose an accountability partner. An accountability partner. Why? Because it's common sense to do that, and that's what Paul was, was talking about. An accountability partner can be a tremendous asset in spiritual growth. When we come back next time, Pastor Steve will give us more detail about how all of that works. This is Peter Silseth, and I'm glad you could be with us today for another verse-by-verse radio Bible class led by Pastor Teacher Steve Kreloff. For more than 26 years, Pastor Steve has been serving at Lakeside Community Chapel in Clearwater, Florida. Now we at Verse-by-Verse Ministries have the joy of making his practical messages available on the radio. We are a faith ministry supported by the prayers and gifts of faithful listeners who are first faithful to their own churches. A little while ago, Pastor Steve suggested getting a tape of the service. That tape is available to you too, or you might like to have it on a CD instead. You can place your order by calling us at 727-441-1714. 
Leave your name and a number, and we will return your call during weekday office hours. That number again is 727-441-1714. For the Internet Savvy, here is our web address. It is versebyverseradio.org. You will not only find today's program there, you will also discover many previous lessons on our archives page. While you are there, take a couple of minutes to sign up for our complimentary newsletter. If you're interested, we also have a free podcasting service. That's versebyverseradio.org. King Solomon wrote in the book of Ecclesiastes, two are better than one because they have a good reward for their labor. For if they fall, one will lift up his companion. But woe to him who is alone when he falls, for he has no one to help him up. Don't get me wrong. I greatly appreciate godly older men in the church. But what really impresses me is the godly young man. They seem to be incredibly rare, and that's sad. In the next verse-by-verse, Pastor Steve will flesh out this concept of accountability and also have much more to say about how young men can model godly behavior. We will explore several verses that explain just what godly behavior looks like in a young man. I hope to see you then. You've been listening to Verse by Verse, sponsored by Verse by Verse Ministries. This program was pre-recorded. To learn more, including how to donate to this ministry, visit versebyverseradio.org. That's verse by We are here to give you strength between Three-star general Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal record to the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.